All right, guys, what's up? We are back at it with week three of our recap and our foundation series. We are joined with, it's a sad day, Megan is not with us. We're here just hanging out with four dudes, five dudes, but four dudes with microphones. So I'm TC. Do you want me to say my name now? That is where you speak. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> hey, guys, my name's Isaac. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we also have with us. Uh, uh, hey, guys, I'm Keith, <laughs> the one and only Keith Glines. And that is Jeremy. Moment of silence for Megan. Yep. Yeah, and we were, Jeremy and I was just talking that you guys had a pretty lame day yesterday. I meant, didn't have to do much. It was nice. Yeah, you guys all took off. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're just so grateful that we got guys like you that are able just to step in and be rock stars. Hey, we're going to carry the boats. (laughs) And the logs. (laughs) That's right. Okay. How do you insert that reference in a youth ministry podcast? That's good. It's good. It's kind of okay. like Keith when Alabama was in the national title game and Jalen couldn't get him over the line. They threw two in for one play. That's us. That's, That's me and you. That's, yeah. 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 That's the, I'll take it. So we're thankful for the Tua's in our life. That's right. I'll so we can it. just go hang out. Because I, yeah. I mean, yesterday was my work day and I didn't even work. So Roll tide. I got a whole six days of... <laughs> Shoot, we got to see you at the pole rally next week. I know. I'm off for like two weeks. Okay, so before we get into our question in our podcast, which typically only should last 12 minutes and we've already wasted two, Isaac. I got a question for us. Oh, good. Is this... uh, Are you ready? I don't. I'm already disturbed. I can just tell. How many five-year-olds could Jake Paul take in a fight? (laughs) (laughs) What? Not Logan, but Jake. <laughs> I love the specificity. It's Jake. Oh man. I don't how many primes has he had? <laughs> and did they give the five year olds primes before like, the fight? You have to be eighteen like, years old to drink. Meaning prime. meaning like if it was twenty, he could do it in twenty one he would die. Yeah. Like that's the number. Right. Yeah. Okay. How many five year olds? It would take a bunch because, I mean, a five-year-old is only so tall. Some are going to have to go on the front lines and sacrifice themselves, (laughs) to be honest, and just, like, try to get one bite off, right? I think their only chance to win is to bite. (laughs) Bite and pinch. (laughs) (laughs) He would be like Sauron or or just swipe his arm and just just get flying. But is it boys or girls? Oh, that's true. Yeah, girls. Five-year-old little girls are mean. Oh, wow. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, I have... I've had three of them. Mm. I mean, wow. well, there's one sweet That's spot it. where you can take down most any man. So if they can somehow just. What is that sweet spot? <laughs> you know, just one good shot, maybe they have a chance. 31. That's no. a good answer. 31. Okay. That's I think answer. it's like 78. Wow. That's a lot. It's like 70. I mean, <laughs> could you? I just want to visualize this for a moment. Like, all right, Jake, you're up. Well, who am I fighting? All 78 of those five year olds. <laughs> And they come story. <laughs> what a scene. And uh, a lot has to do with how tentative are you to hit a five-year-old. Oh, dude, he's not holding yeah, back at all. Yeah, I don't think his, yeah there's no way. <laughs> his moral compass is off. Not okay. bad. Not bad. It's absent. <laughs> <laughs> off would, be, would, would imply that there's a good one, you know, dormant somewhere. <laughs> okay. Fair. <laughs> You're so, right. Okay, all right. So we got Let's, 31, 78. 31, 78, yeah. 120. 120. Oh, my gosh. We just keep going up. 120? Dude, 120. I mean, he would annihilate 30 in about 10 yeah. seconds, dude. I yeah. mean, just... You're right. 
Speaking of annihilation, we talked about worship last night. <laughs> that's how that works. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. That word. Annihilation does remind me of <laughs> Came up worship. a lot. So, shifting gears, Isaac, do you want to read to us the verse that we taught on last night? <laughs> yes. We, uh, we looked at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and this is what it says out of the NLT version. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is, the, this is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Cool. So, taught on worship. What comes to mind for <clears throat> not just the communicators, but for for all of us? Like, what what comes to mind when you think of worship? Because that's a a broad, broad, like that's a big old umbrella. How do you encapsulate everything, all things worship for the teenager and the adult? Like, what does it look like for each of you? The most practical sense. Worship is the way that you live, you stand, and you posture yourself in this thing we call the being a Christ follower. I think we've done, a, I said it last night, I think we've done the word worship really wrong in the church when we say, let's have this moment. Worship is not a moment. Right. It isn't exclusive to the the moment of, of silence or Right. Your hand in the air. Yeah. We are worshipers naturally. And any creator has a purpose for his creation, and God created us only for his worship, to worship him. Yeah, I think about just just the verse. It says, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is your spiritual worship. And so just living sacrifice, like um, whenever Jeremy was talking about this, he said, living sacrifice is an oxymoron. Right, yes. it does not make sense. Yes. How can how can something be living, but also be something that's a sacrifice? I didn't realize that was a point. I was literally about to say that. That's AKA awesome. like a sacrifice is something that's dead. Yeah, but living sacrifice, like it just don't make sense. And so dead how, like one of the five year olds. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> oh my gosh, how can we present? How can we present ourselves as a living sacrifice? And I think that's just laying ourselves, laying down everything that we have at the foot of the cross. And yeah. that is so much more than just singing. Cool. Yeah. I would I would agree. I think it's also like, what is it? <clears throat> is it Louis Giglio says, worship is our response to who God is for what he's done for all that he's going to continue to do. Like, I think there's an aspect of worship in our, I guess you call it your craft, like what you do, not just haphazardly, but like, when I put all of my effort into preaching or talking with a student or an adult or whatever, like, you know, going to work, uh, being a dad, a husband, I want to be, I think I owe it to another human that was created in the image of God to give them the very best of what God has entrusted me with. Does that make sense? A little deep thought, but yeah. So like our response to that. So. 
Yeah. What about you, Jeremy? Yeah, I think to Keith's point about the word worship being a moment, I think we've also boxed it into being in this building, this church building. Oh, yeah. We think when we gather, we are worshiping, and we are, but we think it kind of stops there. And as soon as we leave, we're back to just life and worship doesn't necessarily a part of our life. And I think, um, and again, I'm sure you guys hit on it too, but but you don't get the choice to worship or not to worship, right? That's not that's not an option. Right, right. you can't press pause on it. That's yeah. right. So as soon as we leave here, if we're not worshiping God, we're worshiping something else. Could be ourselves, mm. could be our social life, could be a million things, right? And so, yeah, last night we just talked about that and some practical ways that we can worship this week. Because worship is so much more the music, than song, then, right, it's more than that. There's there's prayer is worship uh, because right away prayer is is putting yourself in a posture, a position of humility, right, acknowledging that God is in control and he's the king. Yeah. So prayer is is worship. Serving is worship. Um. So. Really, like, gosh, when you put it that way, it's like it kind of captures everything. Like if God is at really the focal does. point of my thinking what the end of that verse is change the way you think Mm -hmm. like it changes everything like when i i I don't know that's that's a that's a good point i like that you know we talked about drawing the line last night where are you going to draw the line because like jeremy said you're going to worship something and as christ followers to place him where we need to place him we have to draw a line of what we're not going to worship and if you look in Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, hey, we'll go so far, but we're not going there. We're not bowing down. And so what are you not going, where, where are you drawing the line of your what you're worshiping so that you can place God on the highest pedestal of your life? Because that's where he's pl- supposed to be, right? Yeah. yeah. So last night I used the the idea of the throne, right? We all have a throne in our life. And to me, it's hard to, you know, no matter what you're going through, you know, I've, I've taught on pride in the past. And what I've always said is, if we don't know what the speed bumps are that trip us up, we're going to continue to trip up, right? So mm-hmm. being able to identify what are the things that we struggle with when it comes to worship? Like, what are the things that are fighting for our time and our affection? If we can figure out what those things are, all of a sudden now we have a better chance of, of moving those things out of the way. And so I think identifying those is is part of the thing. And then last night, we, we dove into Hebrews uh, chapter 13. I don't know where you guys went with it, but if I could just read this real fast. Yeah. Verse 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. And so the Bible obviously has a great way of explaining itself, right? When it tells you something deep, somewhere else it's going to explain it for you. And so to me, that that gives you three things right off the bat. Praise and being open about that. And then it says, do good and to share with others. So right there, those three things right there are all acts of worship that we can do outside of these walls. Yeah, I like that. All right, so last question. Uh, if you, if so, for the person listening in and they're going, I mean, I just feel like I need to get better. Or I need to do better in the worship category of my life. What would you, what would you say to that person who is in their mind struggling with the idea of worship or just, you know, keeping God affixed where he needs to be, uh, in their lives? 
I guess I'll start off with the, I guess with the spiritual answer is you have to have the Christian life. It, it starts with putting Jesus on the throne of your life. We've said that over and over in the podcast so far, but it has to start there. Like if Jesus is the number one in your life, you will worship him. You will read scripture. You will serve. You will find community. You will do everything that you're supposed to do in this Christian life, right? You're going to obey God if Jesus is at the throne of your life. And that's that, that that's where it has to start. And so maybe maybe that's just asking yourself some just real honest questions. It's like, man, like, is Jesus, man, what is on the throne of my life? Man, what is taking up the airtime in my in, in my brain? Like, what am I thinking about way too much? What am I dwelling on way too much? What am I talking about way too much? Like, what am I, what am I Google searching uh, or looking at on Instagram, TikTok way too much? Like, what is the, what are those things that are taking up way too much of my time? That's probably the one, that, that's probably the thing that is at the throne of your life. And so shifting from that, man, and maybe just answering for yourself, man, how can I put Jesus on the, on, on the throne of my life? Yeah, I th- I, oh, I, go ahead, Keith, sorry. I think you have to look at what you're pursuing, and you have to rate it almost. And you have to say, what am I pursuing most? Because whatever you're pursuing most is what you're worshiping most, right? And so if God is not in that place and something else is, then you've got those scales. It's not balanced right. And so pursuing a worshipful life is placing him in the in the highest of your pursuit. Yeah, and back to Romans 12, you know, verse 1 tells us is the living sacrifice verse where he says this is your true and proper worship and then verse 2 immediately says do not conform to the patterns of this world, meaning the world is what's after your affection and your attention. The world is what's after being the throne on your life. So he tells us that right away. Everything <clears throat> the world throws at us is competing for us. Yeah. And then he says, how do, you, how do you combat that? By the renewing of your mind. And that's one of those phrases that's kind of hard to grasp. But to, to me, mind is almost synonymous with the heart there. And then the Bible also tells us to guard our hearts. So we, need to, we should guard our hearts and our minds, right? We should protect that at all costs. So that means maybe you listen to more worship music than whatever is currently on your playlist this week. Maybe that that means when you pray in the maybe maybe you get up and pray in the morning and you say, God, give me the opportunities for this, that, and the other today, right? Give me the opportunities to love and to serve more today. Give me opportunities to worship you today. Give me opportunities to talk about you to other people today. And to me, some of those things are are just the starting point to help renew our mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Tavon, he's a friend of ours. He told me last, uh, gosh, forever ago. He said to like athletes who, you know, they feel like they're far from God. And, and sometimes the, it can be conveyed that, well, in order for me to follow Jesus, I, I, you know, I'm not fit or worthy to follow Jesus because I, gosh, I can't clean up my whole act overnight and be a, you know, a pretty Christian. He's like, no, I'm not asking you to do any of that. I would actually ask you to keep everything the way it is. Start reading your Bible. Start like with with an honest posture of God. Teach me more about you. Let me grow closer to you, and watch what happens. Because what will happen is that you'll. I mean, if you're honestly doing it, not just a checklist, right? If you're honestly doing it, seeking God, 
God, teach me more. I want to seek you. I want to know you more. What will happen is, is that spark will turn into a little campfire, which will eventually turn into a bonfire, right? You'll, you will want more of him. Once you taste and see, oh, man, he is good, you know? So uh, I guess in a practical sense, I would say find a starting point and, and, and know uh, what works for you. Some people like, man, like they just, their, their information, that, like that's what stirs their affection for God. So they need to have not just a Bible, but a study Bible. You need to like be fascinated in that sense. Some people are, you know, they, they are uh, awe-inspired. So like things of nature, like solitude, that's their, their on-ramp. That's okay too. I think finding your, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? The way that you get filled up, and maybe it's a one that is difficult for you. For a lot of pe- people to, uh, I can't remember, maybe Jeremy, you said it. Uh, gosh, so many things are competing for our attention. Set your phone down, put it on airplane mode, and sit. What is the song? Be still and know that, I like, when is the last time you sat and sought? That's, I mean, just my, my, I don't think it's, it's as daunting of a task as we think it is. I think it's just finding a starting point. And most people want the, the benefits of being connected to God as opposed to just getting connected to God. Right. Yeah. That so. makes sense. I, I think a starting point is huge because it can look daunting. It's like going on a 10 hour road trip. You're like, oh man, dude, this is, yeah. and then, and then you're like worried about it. But, and then you get 10 minutes down the road and your kids are like, are we there yet? Nope. Still nine hours <laughs> and 50 minutes. That's exactly and, right. And that can feel daunting. But the reality is, oh, you're, you're 10 minutes from where you were, right? You've now, you've now moved the ball down the field Yep. and, and you drive a little bit farther. Next thing you know, you're two hours away from where you were. And the Christian life is like that, like find a starting point and start moving in the right direction. And before you know it, you'll look back and be like, man, I'm a whole different person. Yep. I'm a whole different person than I used to be. Yep. Yep. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. We will catch you next week as we talk on prayer. Week four of Foundations.